All right. So I, we, we've been talking about more than a measure. Last week, we talked about more than a measure. And today, we'll talk about more than a measure number two. And um, it is interesting that um, we read from the Old Testament. I deliberately went to the Old Testament to bring in, because it's strange that in the Old Testament, Elisha asked Elijah. He asked for a double portion of uh, the spirit that was upon Elijah to be upon him. A double share. We read from the New Living Translation of the Bible, and it uses the word a double share. In the King James Version and New King James Version, it uses the word a double portion. Now, when you say portion, it's a, a portion is a measure. Say that with me. A portion is a measure. So in the same way, when you say, uh, uh, when Elisha asked for a double share, he was asking for a portion. He was asking, look, cut a, a share that is at least twice what you have for me. Well, Elijah knew that it wasn't his to give. He said, if you see me, this is the condition. If you see me when I'm taking from you, you will get it. You will have it. If you see me when you are taken, you will have it. So that is it. Now, um, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, you see that where he, where he asked. This is one, one way to know that it is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives is a measure. It's a measure. He asked for a measure. John also, John the Baptist in John chapter 3, verse 34, spoke of Jesus. He said, Jesus is the one who has a spirit without measure. You can read that. He, he has a spirit without measure. As you keep going, you see what God is doing. And he, he, these two gentlemen proved that the spirit in heaven's math is measurable. The Holy Spirit in heaven's math. Heaven has its own mathematics that is different from ours, where the spirit is measured. When we become Christians, we have a deposit of the Holy Spirit that helps us to know God, that helps us become saved, that helps us to become born again and, you know, fall in love with the scriptures, want to be in church, want to be among God's people and all of that. But as we go along in life, it comes to a point where we require more. Actually, at the beginning of our faith in Christ is when we should have experienced the Holy Spirit baptism where we receive power to serve the Lord. We receive power to do God's will. So um, as we move on, I pray that God will expand our understanding and give us grace to hear him and to learn from him. In Jesus' name, do I hear an amen? So let's look at, I, I want to read from Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and I'll read from the NLT. It's from verse 19 to 21. Ephesians 1, 19 to 21. It says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. So Paul is praying for the Ephesian church and for all Christians. He says, my prayer for you is that you will do this. He says, I pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power. Whether there are three people, remember he says where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there in the midst of them. So whether a church has five people in it, it has 50 people or 500 or 5,000 or 50,000 members, the Bible says God's desire is that those people within that local church know the greatness of God's power. So let me give you an example of knowing the greatness of God's power. You know the greatness of God's power when you see God doing the impossible, when you see God doing the things that are, are hard for a human being to do. Now, when we talked to Daniel here this morning, he shared about his own story, how the baptism of the Holy Spirit expanded his 
uh, ability in the things of God. Now he, he became uh, uh, passionate about the scripture, things that he couldn't do before. On his own, he wouldn't just get up and go to church. He talked about how his mom had died, uh, had passed on and gone to glory. I believe it was at the age of 16 or so. I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure where it happened. But, you know, and then there was a number of years where, you know, he kind of just, you know, was out of it. But he always believed in God. But, the, but then when the Holy Spirit, when he engaged the Holy Spirit in the place of prayer, on the highway alone, there was nobody there. That's the greatness of the power of God. It was not a church service. He was on, uh, uh, he was uh, on, at work uh, driving in Saskatchewan when, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit hit him. And then he threw his chew, chewing tobacco out of the window. Till this day, he's never gone back. The Lord took away that, uh, that desire for that away from him. Here's the thing. God wants us to know the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to know. And there are many Christians today who do not know that aspect of faith. They don't have the experience. They don't know it. They don't care about it. They don't even think it's necessary. They just want to go to church. And because we live in a country where uh, the church has been successful for a generation, we have buildings, we have facilities, we have programs, we do things by rote. So we don't think it is necessary. So even what I preach about the Holy Spirit, there are people who will criticize me if they listen to my message because they have a bigger following. They don't talk about the Holy Spirit. They have a bigger building which somebody built before they got there. So they're not going to talk. It's like you don't need the Holy Spirit. So that's why you may have a place where people are going, people are coming, but nothing is changing. Because the Holy Spirit is the executor of God's will. He's the one that brings about this. So look at what it says in um, uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11 to 13. Watch this. Romans 8, 11. I love what, what, what the scripture says there. Just for you to see how the Holy Spirit is an executor of the will of God. You may have been thinking, oh, he's going to read from all those famous scriptures that we know already. You know, where the you know, Holy Spirit baptism. But I want to show you all these other hidden places where you see the Holy Spirit at work. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11 to 13. Look at what it says. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. So we as Christians have the Holy Spirit. But he said the Holy Spirit. So there are two things here. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Say with me, the Holy Spirit lives in me. But watch this. Say with me, the Holy Spirit also works around me. And through me, with me. Let me show you this. Watch. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, uh, the spirit of God who raised Jesus. So how do you raise someone? So if there was someone on the floor and I wanted to raise them, what would I do? I would come to them, right? Give them my hand and lift them up from the ground. That's how you raise someone. So the Bible tells us that the spirit of God came and raised Jesus from the dead. So Jesus was dead. He had given up his, the ghost. He had given up his life and he was completely dead. But the Holy Spirit came there and raised him up. Here's what I want to say. The Holy Spirit performed the function of raising him up from the dead. In the same way, the Holy Spirit can perform the function of healing a person within this service or healing a person who's driving on the highway or setting someone free who's suffering with an addiction or one thing or the other. The Holy Spirit can do anything that God can and will do because the Holy Spirit is God. It's God's Spirit at work. 
And now, since we have established, remember I said that the Spirit of God is given by measure. And Jesus is the only one who had the Spirit of God without what? Now, I have heard some teachings that say that, oh, you know, we have the Spirit without measure. Well, maybe they wanted to say, because if we do have the Spirit without measure, then we are God. But we're not God. What they may want to say is that we, we are able to ask for God's Spirit to help us without measure. Which means I can ask today and say, come Holy Spirit into this service and move. It's different from I have the Holy Spirit with me. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But when I want God to move and heal and bless and comfort and deliver and, 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 and impact people's lives and inscribe on their hearts, I say, come Holy Spirit and do what only you can do. I say, God, by your spirit, touch our people. By your spirit, let the worship. Remember when we were singing the song, how many of you felt the presence of God in the room as we were singing? How many of you felt there was just the anointing here? That's the Spirit of God. It's not emotions. The presence of God comes. The Spirit of God comes. All right? So, uh, understanding that since we've established that we have a measure that makes us, that gives us a God's DNA, that makes us children of God, that gets us born again. And then we have the upon experience, which is a measure that immerses us in. It's a greater measure for the purpose of serving. And then throughout our lives, we can always ask. So when John spoke in John chapter 3 verse 34, and he said that the one who has a spirit without measure, he was talking of Jesus because there's no measure. He's eternal in nature and person. So he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Blessed forever God. Emmanuel, meaning God with us. The Bible says that upon his shoulders is the kingdom. The government shall be upon his shoulders, right? And the Bible says that he he's of an everlasting kingdom. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Of the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. That has to be God. Nobody can have a kingdom. All the kings of this world, very soon uh, Queen Elizabeth will pass away. She can't live for 200 years. There's no king on earth. that is just, uh, Every king, every emperor will pass away. So here's the point. We know that there's a measure. That has been given to get us into the kingdom. To get us saved. There's also a measure that gives the power of God to us. For us to be able to serve him. For us to be able to do his will. And for us to be able to do his work. Alright. And then we also see that uh, we have to ask. We read a scripture earlier on. uh, Where the Bible says that if we being evil know how to give good gifts. How will God not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Friends, we need the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. We have the Holy Spirit in us, but he's also been given to be upon us, to be around us, to be with us, to go ahead of us, to go behind us. Very, very important. This is why many Christians feel very frustrated when they first give their hearts to Jesus. They feel that there is more, but they don't know where the more is. They feel that there is more, but they don't know how to get that more. They feel that there's something more, but they don't know how to get to that. And so they are struggling and always clasping for more, but they don't know how to reach. They don't know what is, but the more is that God wants to give you the Holy Spirit to be upon you as it happened on the day of Pentecost. And if you go to Acts chapter 19, it's interesting how people who had been following John, it says in Acts chapter 19 that Paul had gone to Ephesus and he met some disciples there who uh, had been, um, Following the baptism of John. 
These were people who just believed, you know, through John and they continued to follow. And uh, the Bible says in verse 4, uh, Paul said, uh, John's, well, let me read from um, verse from verse uh, 1, actually. While Apollos was at, in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Then he asked them a question, verse 2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So that's what happened to many churches today. They didn't hear, and the church where I was born, people said, we haven't even heard if there is such a thing. They knew, in my own case, they knew the Holy Spirit, but it's just for being born again. That's it. You stop there. He said, we, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. We repented. John put us in the water and that's it. We came out and then we've been going to the synagogue every week. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They believed in Jesus, then they were baptized. See, immediately you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into you to give you divine DNA. You become a partaker of God's nature. That's how what it means to be born again. So there's no need of explanation there. But after that, after they had believed in Jesus, something happened. As soon as they had this, they were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus. Look at verse 6. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spake in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. See, the power to raise Jesus from the dead. Paul said, I pray that you would know what kind of power it is. Because it's going to, that's the power that can make people who are dead in sin to come out of sin. That's the power. That, I want you to know and experience that power. I want you to know and experience that power. Okay. So Paul met. And in Acts chapter 10 also, you see the example. Peter, Acts chapter 10 from, from verse 44. It says, even as Peter was saying these things, Peter had gone to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile man who believed, Gentile is an unbelieving man, in those days who believed in uh, 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 a senior military officer, who believed uh, in God, but he didn't know how to become born again. He didn't know any, he was just doing what he could do. And uh an angel appeared to him, asked him to send for Peter. Peter came to his house. Look at what happened in verse 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who are listening to the message. Why did the Holy Spirit fall on all who are listening to the message? Look at verse 43. He is one of the prophets. Test, uh, uh, he is one. He is the one all the prophets testified about saying, anyone who believes in him, everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. See, when he said that, the people listening believed. Jesus does not waste time as soon as there's a belief. That's why some people never come down to the front of a church. Anybody who believes wherever they are, whether they're in East St. Paul, Transcona, Charleswood, or, or South Point, or wherever, you know, Sage Creek. Anyone who believes downtown, anyone who believes wherever they call upon the name of the Lord, even if they call upon the name of the Lord from their hearts, God is merciful. He said in his word that they should make a confession. But there are those who, the confession has not even come from their heart. But out of God's mercy, the override of heaven kicks in and he moves in to swoop them out of darkness into light. That's what happened here. Then right after that, the Bible says that the spirit fell upon all who are listening to that message. 
The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out. You see, when you pour out something, are you pouring it to go inside or you are pouring it to go outside? Pour out is for outside. Pour in is for inside. So when they say receive here, they're talking about pouring out. I can, if I want to give you something, I can give you a coat that you wear outside. You don't, you put it outside. You, put, you know, but underwear is for underwear. You don't see that. But then if I give you a coat, you put it on, it's for outside. The Bible says poured out on them. The same. And they said it there. They said this is the same thing that happened to us just the other day in Jerusalem. Why should we forbid that they be baptized? See, there's a difference between baptism in water and baptism with the Holy Spirit. They are not the same. They're not the same. John made it very clear. So all of the denominations, including the one I was raised in, who have preached that it is when you are put in the water, that you receive the Holy Spirit. It's really not correct. Because Paul, John made a distinction. And you see, if you want to know Jesus' doctrine, hear the apostles because they elaborated. If you want to know any of these, they elaborated. They spoke the truth. So why do people, why are people not listening? Please, can you sit down? Thank you. I told you before the service started. God bless you. So it's important that we do God's will. We follow what the word says. The word of God is clear. John the Baptist made a clear distinction. Clear distinction. He said, I baptize in water, but another one is coming who is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's the one I want you to listen to. See? And you can see the order is reversed. In this case, these guys were not even put in water. The Holy Spirit came upon them, boom, and then they were put in water. So very, very important. So if we want to follow what God says, we follow what he says. So if you've never have, had the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need that. You heard Amanda's testimony last week. And next Sunday you hear yet another testimony. There are many of them in this church. And, you know, some happened that I don't, was not even aware of. I, I would ask and say, oh, Pastor, one day you were preaching and you said it. And that's when it happened to me. I, I, I just, you know, I had, had, I had two stories like that. And I shared with you last week of being on Skype after one of our courses on Skype. And one of the ladies, uh, ladies who was attending, an 18-year-old lady, she was in Transcona, I was in East St. Paul. And she said, I want what you were talking about. I said, you want the Pastor? Told you, Fine, let's pray. So I prayed. And while she was there, on the screen, she began to shake like that. And she couldn't stop. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came upon her. So there are different manifestations of the visitation of the Holy Spirit. We can't know what's going to happen. What we just know is that we will find that there are evidences. Some people will burst out in, in tongues. Others will prophesy. And some may have a delayed manifestation. We see that through the scriptures. And, and maybe the, I, I remember one of the brothers in our church. I prayed and for him and we walked away. And then later he told me his experience. He was in the shower. It was while he was in the shower. He was not even, you know, because God wants to take you unawares. Because some of us are so like, we are trying to second guess God and say, when are you coming? Are you coming this way or that way? He says, all right, I'm not going to bother you. You get in the shower. You're doing the dishes or doing something where you're not even thinking. Boom. And he hits you. And that's it. And that's exactly what happened to some of the people here in the church. And the point is we're discipling people one person at a time. 
One person at a time. And God is changing lives. God is transforming lives. And there are some testimonies here that really, really have rocked me. And, and you know, some of you don't even share until when we're having a conversation. And then I hear some things. I go, wow, you mean this happened? But it is the power of the Spirit. God wants us to know the power of the Spirit. He wants us to know. And next Sunday when we come together, next Sunday is the 23rd. I believe I have a friend of mine who will be in town, so he'll probably be sharing the message. But we're going to also pray for people. We're going to minister to people uh, and, and believe God. See, what God wants to do is beyond your wildest dreams. His power towards us is to bring us to a place that is exceedingly abundantly above what we can ever think or ask. His mercy is available for you today. His grace is available for you today. And I want you to take these words you've heard and ruminate and think. You see, the Holy Spirit is going to bring to your remembrance the things that have been spoken here today. And then you will decide how far you want to go. For those of you who have received the baptism with the Holy Spirit already and you have that the gifts of God working in your life, let me give you some good news. God wants to give you more. God wants to give you more so that you can do more for him. May the Lord bless the words to our hearts. Do I hear an amen? Let's pray together this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you know that you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it's something or with the Holy Spirit, and some, something that you have, you've heard about and you say, wow, I really want this experience. I want you to pray in your heart and say, God, I want to experience this. I, I desire this in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. And um, let's trust the Lord he will do what only he can do. I've been instructed to teach uh, for a, a, a couple of weeks, and I'm doing that. And uh, this is the second one. Hopefully, we'll be able to wrap it up uh, with some prayer sessions next Sunday. But I want to believe God that he will touch anyone who seeks and who asks. Because it says, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. All the adoration. Thank you for your children. Thank you for everyone in this room today. Thank you for what you are doing and what you are yet going to do. We give you all the praise as we move on to this last uh, session in this, uh, um, starting from Pentecost Sunday. Lord, we pray that you go ahead of us and we pray that you release your grace and your power upon us all. In Jesus' mighty name. Do I hear an amen?